Greetings from Austin, Texas, and welcome to Leadership Subject Matters, podcasts with leadership subjects that matter. Hi, I'm Terry Kaler, your leadership coach and host of the show. This is episode number eight, and today's topic is delegation. This is the first of a two-part podcast on this subject. In this podcast, I'll discuss side effects of ineffective delegation, and I'll cover five benefits of effective delegation. Learning how to delegate effectively will pay dividends, and it will help you become a better, more effective leader. I'll also be publishing the second half and another podcast in the days ahead. As a reminder, you can find the written version of this podcast on my website at tkaler.com. There, you'll also find some additional material on other leadership and personal development topics. You can subscribe to the show on all the popular podcasting directories. To get a complete list of where to listen, just visit my website and choose subscribe to podcasts from the menu bar. Let's get started. During one of our coaching sessions, Oscar, whose name I've concealed for obvious reasons, described feeling out of control, overwhelmed, and he didn't see a way out of his situation. He felt trapped. A smart, dedicated, hardworking individual, he made his mark years earlier by building up his expertise and always delivering on his commitments. Even after being promoted to a leadership role, he continued to rely on his own skills and work ethic to get the work done versus relying on his team. He became knee-deep in tactical work and he was unable to focus on the more strategic parts of his job. Oscar is consistently recognized by the people he works with as the go-to guy for issues or anything related to his domain. He rises to the occasion each time and delivers against their requests. He's viewed as someone with potential. The problem? He's always on the verge of failure. The work piles up, and he's constantly exhausted from working long hours to try to catch up, only to realize he's falling further behind. He can't scale. That's holding him back. Delegation is a critical skill for leaders to develop. Some leaders feel that their value is based on their individual knowledge and contribution. Like Oscar, this drives them to do much of the critical work themselves. In doing so, they reach a point where they have to make personal sacrifices to keep up. They become overwhelmed, and it impacts their personal life and their well-being. If you find yourself in this situation, the solution is straightforward. You must leverage your team and delegate work to them. In doing so, you'll be able to scale and get ahead. In some cases, leaders struggle to shift the focus from themselves to their team. It's not for lack of willingness to recognize their team, but rather a defensive mechanism to guard against failure to perform at the level they have become accustomed to performing. Often, great individual performers like Oscar are promoted to lead a team, and they don't realize that they need to change their approach. They became used to stepping up and doing all hard work when asked, and they were recognized and rewarded for consistently delivering results. Marshall Goldsmith points out in his book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, that successful people 
become great leaders when they learn to shift the focus from themselves to others. Doing so requires skills that many leaders fail to develop. Some companies that are quick to promote top performers into leadership roles fail to provide them the needed tools and training to be an effective delegator. Without this knowledge, leaders may continue to leverage the skills and methods that got them to this point in their careers. A Time Magazine study found that only 28% of companies provide training to leaders on how to properly delegate work to their subordinates. A leader's inability to delegate will eventually catch up with them. Some leaders object to delegating on the premise that doing so creates extra work for them. These leaders feel like they can get the task done themselves in less time than it takes to explain it, wait for the task to get done, and then be debriefed on the outcome. It feels to them like delegation is a task versus a way to increase their leadership effectiveness. The reality is that there are other reasons why leaders don't delegate as much as they should. At the root of the objection is fear that they won't achieve the results or objectives they have become accustomed to. Like Oscar, these leaders are often known as people who get things done or make things happen. The proud of this brand and fear that not doing the work themselves will result in a lower quality product and that their own personal reputation may suffer as a result. The fear that their team's mistakes will cause them to lose credibility and that it will impact their brand. Some leaders put off delegating so long that they reach a point where they run out of bandwidth. They finally come to the realization that the only way out is to delegate more work to their team. They delegate, but then turn to micromanagement to satisfy their fear of failure. This shows distrust and it will often serve to demotivate the team. A key measure of a leader's success and effectiveness in the workplace is whether they have the skills and the trust to enable other people to get the work done. In the book Multipliers, the author, Liz Wiseman, points out that one of the four practices of a talent magnet is that they utilize people at their fullest. She also calls leaders who fail to delegate diminishers. She says that, The diminisher is a micromanager who jumps in and out, and that the multiplier is an investor who gives others ownership and full accountability. So the question is, do you lead like a multiplier or like a diminisher? Learning how to delegate work to your team members brings with it a wide array of benefits and positive outcomes. The fundamental behaviors required to be a successful delegator are trust and discipline. If you can trust your team with a task and you have the discipline to relinquish control, then you'll become a more effective leader and one that people strive to work for. There are five key benefits you'll realize if you can master the art of delegation. Number one, development. Delegating work to your team is a powerful developmental tool. It's important to draw a link between the work you're assigning and the skill you're trying to help the employee develop. Delegation should be part of the action plan. Commit to helping the team member by assigning meaningful tasks. 
Remember that the action plan should follow the SMART model. All actions should be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Make sure when you delegate work that it meets this criteria. Number two, engagement. There's no better path to team member engagement than trust. Team members become more engaged the more they're trusted. Placing your confidence in their ability sends a message that you trust them and that you're willing to share the spotlight and contribution. Number three, succession. A great benefit of delegating work is the ability to see a potential successor in action. Delegating tasks that provide them with visibility to upper management will strengthen your team member's brand with the leaders who will eventually help select your successor. Let the team member know that they're in the line of succession and that you will be delegating meaningful work to them so they can develop and showcase their talent. Scaling. One of the biggest benefits of delegation is the impact on your time. Delegating meaningful work to your team will free you up to spend more time on the longer-term strategic tasks. It will also free up time to network with your peers, build relationships that may be needed downstream, etc. Number five, personal benefits. Effective delegation will result in lower stress levels, an improved work-life balance for you, and it will afford you the time to spend doing the things you enjoy including being with your family. Learning how to delegate is a skill that requires us to overcome our objections, rely on our patients, trust our team, and be disciplined enough to carry out the work effectively. The benefits of delegating effectively are numerous. Team members will develop new skills, they'll be more engaged, and it will get valuable time back on your calendar. Remember that effective delegation is a key skill to learn in order to achieve higher levels in the organization. Its effectiveness as a developmental tool for your team will create multiple benefits for you and your organization. I hope this podcast has been useful and that you'll find a way to scale by delegating work to your team. Stay tuned again for part two of this podcast where I'll discuss the three simple steps to effective delegation. Drop me a note and let me know if this was helpful to you. Now it's time for questions. As a reminder, you can submit questions through my website. Simply go to tkaylor.com and choose Ask Terry from the menu bar. Now let's get to some of those questions on this topic. Question number one. I'm a manager and I need to stay informed on the status of the project in case I'm asked to provide an update to my boss. How often should I be checking in with my team? How do I avoid looking like I'm micromanaging? So thank you for that question. This is a delegate situation because when you micromanage, you can reduce the benefits of delegation and erode trust between you and your team member. In addition, Some team members may not speak up proactively and admit that they are lost due to fear of being chastised or that admitting may impact their performance. Remember that your role is to educate and develop through delegation, so following up is acceptable. The best approach is to lay out all the parameters at the time of delegation, so be sure to define the follow-up timing and method. 
It's also best to ask the person who's receiving the task how often and how they would like to provide an update. Given that this is part of development, I recommend any updates that are followed by coaching be done in private, not in a staff meeting or public setting. Question number two, what if my team member drops the ball and fails at the project? What do I do next? Failure and delegation is going to happen. As I mentioned earlier, we should set clear objectives and provide the resources necessary to complete the task successfully. We can minimize failure through the checkpoint process from the previous question. If failure still occurs, remember that chastising the employee is counterproductive. You should find ways to recognize the good work while providing coaching on the areas of opportunity. Also, evaluate if the task was right for them. Perhaps it's too much of a stretch. More about this in the upcoming podcasts. Remember that you can ask questions by visiting my website at tkaler.com and look for the Ask Terry option off the main menu. I'll be happy to answer any questions you ask in an upcoming episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find others like it and you can subscribe to these podcasts by visiting my website. Choose the subscribe to podcast from the menu. You'll see a few options including iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Android. I would also be honored if you could write a review for this episode or for the series on your favorite podcast subscriber site. It would help me a lot and it will provide me the needed information from which to make adjustments. Once again, thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Subject Matters, podcasts with leadership subjects that matter.